Sunday, April the 18th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Today we're heading into quite a tricky passage. We've just had it read to us from Hosea chapter 1. But before we dive into the detail, let me give you the big picture, the big message of this book, and in fact, of the whole gospel story. This picture paints God as a faithful husband, loyal, trustworthy, merciful, compassionate, and very committed to his unfaithful wife. God's people are painted as God's unfaithful wife. They're inconsiderate of one another. They're inconsiderate of their God. They're unfaithful, not trustworthy, certainly not loyal, and very much confused and broken in the way that they love. And then God is painted again as always lovingly calling his wife back to him, always saying, you are being unfaithful, but I still love you and I still long to be your husband. I still long to be with you. I still long for you to be known as mine. This isn't just the story of Hosea and the other prophets also use this imagery. This is the story of the whole of the scripture. For example, in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, God demonstrated his great love for us whilst we were still sinners, whilst we were still far away. He sent Christ to die for us, Romans 5 verse 8. I could rush ahead into the good news bit, but today we get to linger with the unfaithful wife. So let's head back into Hosea, shall we? Hosea chapter one. So Hosea is at a time, as we've been thinking about over this reset series, where the people of God are scattered They've been exiled. They've been put in a foreign land. And we've thought a lot, haven't we, about how that feels quite familiar to us as God's people at this time. But it's interesting to think about the foreign land that they had been placed in. It was a land that politically was doing very well. They were very successful in the way that they had uh, taken on other armies and politically were the lords of that time. But it was also because of that, a place of prosperous economies. They were rich in the eyes of the nations. They had a good life, a cultural variated life. It was all good in terms of the economy. And yet the people of God had been brought here and were now in this exiled place. They were in a foreign land. But like the people of the land that they were in, They had not been faithful to the God that loved them. Enter Hosea and he says, I'm going to listen to God. And God says something that is really hard. I want you to take a prostitute as your wife. God's never said that to me. (laughs) I'm assuming not you either. This is an unusual story, uh, one that, that very rarely happens. 
But God says, Hosea, I long for you to take an unfaithful wife because through that relationship, I'm going to teach you and speak to you about how I view my people. And you're going to tell my people through this living metaphor of example, what it means for me to be a faithful husband and my people to be an unfaithful wife. So Hosea has a living metaphor life uh, that it speaks to us of God's great mercy and heart and the people of God. That's you and me, how we are sinners, how we are unfaithful. Ezekiel uh, chapter 16 also talks of this, uh, as do many of the other prophets. Let me read um, a few verses to you. So Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8, God says, Later I passed by, and when I look at you and saw that you were old enough to love, I spread the corner of my garment over you, and I covered your nakedness. I gave you a solemn oath and entered a covenant with you. And this declares the Lord sovereign. You became mine. These beautiful verses talk about how the Lord committed himself to his people, how he made a covenant relationship, how he rescued them. He covered them from their nakedness. It goes on in verse 10. I clothed you with an embroidered dress. I put leather sandals on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewellery. I put bracelets on your arms and a necklace around your neck. Verse 14. And your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty because the splendour I had given you makes you perfect, declares the sovereign Lord. This is the story, the picture of a husband who loves his bride so much that he dresses her and equips her and provides for her. And because of him, he uh, makes her great in the eyes of others. How does the wife repay? Verse 15. But you trusted in your beauty and you used your fame to become a prostitute. You lavished your favours on anyone who passed by and your beauty became his. You took some of your garments to make gaudy high places where you carried out your prostitution. Such things should not have happened. All the way through the prophets, we see in uh, all of these kind of images presented of a faithful God and an unfaithful people. That unfaithful people though are in a reset. They're in a time of pause. God's about to do something new in them and through them but he's asking them to take a hard look at themselves. He's using the prophets to speak to the people and say you have been unfaithful in so many ways and the faithful God is calling you back to me. Uh, your faithful friend and father and, and husband is calling you back. He's asking you to reset yourselves before him. He's asking you to take a look at the way you've lived individually, the way you've lived as community, the way that you have lived as a nation. 
and to think, am I being faithful in all of those places? Am I being faithful to the God who loves me? Am I living out of that love and in a faithful way to him? So what has this got for us today? It's not necessarily an easy message. You see, we're in this reset period as well. A pause, perhaps you might want to think of it as a moment where we know God's going to do something new and different in us. We've felt those calls. We've heard those verses. We've been encouraged by that news that something new is coming. But before we reach that, there's a place of reset, a pause where we listen and we ask that deep question, am I being a faithful follower? of God. I spoke last summer um, in our summer series, I think it was, about how hard I found the first lockdown. Let's not reflect on the last lockdown because I haven't processed that one yet. But in the first lockdown, I was surprised by myself in so many ways. When all the normal things were stripped away, I was faced with some really hard things about myself. Definitely wasn't as patient as I had thought I was. My anger sometimes wasn't great. There was some times when I was faced with some of the more selfish parts of my life and they weren't comfortable. I could go on. As things were stripped away, as I felt like I was in exile for a bit, I was faced with some of the harder things in my life. Having read the newspapers and many other things over the last year, many of us have experienced that. But we've also experienced some other things on perhaps national, global ways, which again make us question, are we being faithful to the way God asks us to live? Think for a moment of the environmental impact of the last lockdown. As we all stayed at home, as aeroplanes stopped flying, as traffic reduced on our roads and many other things, our cities air became cleaner. Dolphins returned to Venice canals. Uh, We could hear birdsong instead of noise pollution from our gardens. As we go back into whatever the new normal is, do we need to ask some questions about that? What do we go back to? How do we learn the lessons of the way we used to live affecting our planet? In so many areas of the world, we need to be asking questions like that. Are we being faithful to God in the way we use our finances? Are we being faithful to God in the way we steward this world? Are we being faithful to God in the way that we look after our neighbours? Are we being faithful to God in the way that we live justly in our communities? There are so many things that the last year have brought to the surface and we need to see and think and pray and listen. Are there things we need to repent of to do differently? I've got a question. It's not an easy question. So you might want to write it down, think about it over the coming weeks. But what parts of our lives individually and together are unfaithful to God? Interestingly, though, the story of Hosea doesn't end there. Hosea, the book, goes on and on to talk about uh, this analogy of, of a faithful God and an unfaithful wife. But we then get to chapter 11. 
And I'm going to use that right now. I'm going to read it to us as a way of reminding us that God is always there and that God is always faithful, even when we are far away, even when we've got stuff to bring to him to say sorry for, even when we're not living in the way he wants us to. He is faithful and he's always calling the best out of us. So maybe you want to stand with me right now or get yourself comfortable wherever you are. And as I read these words, why don't you receive them from God? This is how he views you. And then there's a few bits in there about how humans, us, the people of God, haven't been faithful. At that moment, maybe you want to turn that into a, I'm sorry, God, or speak to me about that, God as we listen to this together. So let's use this as a reflection. Let's let's hear from God as we hear from his word and as we receive his voice today. When Isaiah, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more I called Israel, the further they went from me. They sacrificed to the Baals, they burnt incense to images, But it was I who taught them to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realise it was I who healed them. Let's pause and just say sorry for the times we've not been faithful or we've not recognised God at work in our lives. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. I lifted the yoke from their necks and bent down to feed them. But my people are determined to turn from me. Even if they call the most high, he will by no means exalt them. But hear these words. How can I give you up? How can I hand you over? How could I treat you badly? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I turn and devastate you. For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. Thank you, God, that you are faithful and that you are my faithful father, that you have never forsaken me or left me. I am sorry for the times when I have turned my back on you. I'm sorry for the times when I've not been faithful to you. And Lord, over this week, help me to reflect on recent months and see what you have been doing in me that I need to bring to you and to learn to live a different way. Thank you that you taught me to walk. Thank you that you dress me in a garment of praise. Thank you that you rejoice over me with singing. Help me to live daily being faithful to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we bring before you today those we know that are going through hard times, bereavement, loss of job, financial difficulties or ill health. Father, we ask that you will come close towards those who turn to you for help. May they find and know your peace, courage and strength to get through these times. Father, 
We pray that you would make our hearts tender and be a helpful blessing to those in need around us. Thankful. Thank you that you are a faithful God and that you promise in your Bible that we can take shelter under your wings, that we can take refuge in you and that you will crown us with a crown of beauty instead of ashes and a joyous blessing instead of despair. We take hope from the words spoken in the Bible and we pray that we will stay strong in body, mind and spirit. Father, we pray that your grace will be upon our homes and families. We pray for those feeling isolated and lonely. We pray for those at university, school and college, that they will recover quickly. We pray for every young person, that they would have a friend that they can talk to and be a friend with. Lord, we pray for the young people and children at Burlington. We pray that your angels would encamp around them. We pray that their faith would grow deeper in you. We thank you for the plans that you have for them. And we pray God's grace be upon them to fulfil the dreams and visions that you have for them. May goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their lives. As we draw this prayer to a close, We pray for your Holy Spirit to remind us that in our everyday comings and goings, in the big and the small things, that we do it all for the glory of God. Amen. Amen.